welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. How Hi. you doing? I'm great. How are you? My headphones are, you on a are boat? going in and out. Oh. Side to side, round to round. Oh, Let's sorry see. Sorry about that. Let me get this fixed before we go too much farther. Uh-oh. There it is. Hi. Ooh. Are we better Hi. now? We're better now. We're feeling better now in our heads. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I needed to fix that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm glad you're good. Welcome. It's so good to be back to <sighs> this week. It feels like a longer week, although it wasn't. You just no, went far but away. But I was gone. Yes, I went on a magical, literally magical, if you've never been to Banff, Canada. Wow. In the winter time, I know a lot of people go in the summer, and I would love to go in the summer. Never been there yet. Beautiful area, hiking, lakes, kayaking, all those fun things. I don't know anything about that because we only go in the winter. Ah. Uh, but it's magical. You've been a few times in I the winter. I've been quite a few times. We go skiing, and then we're also there during, it's like, it's ice and snow festival. So out on Lake Louise, which is frozen over, and you can ice skate on it. Wow. And then they have, like, ice sculptures. They have this whole um, contest, and they have, like, an ice castle out on the lake, and then there's all these entries of people who carve with ice. Wow, that is incredible. absolutely amazing. And then in town, they have snow sculptures going down the street Ooh. so you just walk take this walk down the street and just check out all the different snow sculptures like winter wonderland. it really is a winter wonderland it was really warm this year there like when i say really warm like low 40s high 30s but that's warm okay. for yeah them and so some of the snow sculptures didn't have all the detail this time oh, because sure. it gets so warm during the day melts it melts like Mm. there were puddles in the streets usually the streets are like frozen over and covered in snow and you have to be really careful not to slip and slide but sure there was not this time i mean there was snow on the ground but not the sidewalks and streets there were big puddles that's how it feels here we have no snow right exactly it feels just like weirdest weirdest winter we were skiing and taking off layers it was so warm wow (laughs) that is crazy anyway but we had a fantastic time and now i'm back and ready for spring (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've had my, my magical fill. winter yeah um it was fun skiing was like great i'm like being tricked or something because we haven't right? really had a winter it has not been it's been a slightly pathetic yeah and so i'm a little bit worried that maybe we're gonna have snow in may That's, i hope that doesn't happen uh, me too it's just not Please meant no. to be in May. I'm I'm okay no. with it right now because I'm expecting This is it. when it's supposed January to be January is snowy. February year, is snowy. Right. Last year we had such a good snow year. But then it snow. went into April. Yes, <laughs> and it did. Late in the year before it actually it was started warming a up. Long winter last year, so maybe we're okay that it's I don't know what to think. Super, I am. I'm con- I'm confused. Me too. Anyway, so confused. That's enough. But here Being we are. confused. Jamie, do you have a fun fact? Fun fact, yes. Um, our author of The Snow Child is Eowyn Ivy. And um, I was actually reading in a couple different places um, her bios. Um, her, I love on her, on her website, um, eowynivy.com. She puts, because... I, sur- I think I told you guys last week, I got on YouTube, I listened to people saying her name, so I knew how to say it right. Well, if I had gone to her website, the first thing she says is Eowyn, pronounced A-O-Win. Oh my goodness. I could have just gone to her website. 
Aon LeMay Ivy. How kind. How yeah. kind. I love her name. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, was raised in Alaska and continues to live there with her husband and two daughters. She worked for um, almost a decade as a bookseller at an Indian at an independent fireside books in Palmer, Alaska. And prior to that, um, as a reporter for a local newspaper, the frontiersman. And she said she left as a reporter to go to the book, to work as a bookseller. So she could have time to write on her own, write her own book. Wow. Which is where she worked on, um, her first book. She has a new novel out now. So the snow child was her debut novel And it was a New York Times bestseller, uh, published in more than 25 languages, and was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Wow. Yes. I uh, didn't even know any of this. I know, because I hadn't heard about it until just recently, until we started looking into books. Yeah. Also a UK National Book Award winner, an Indies Choice Award for Debut Fiction, and a PNBA Book Award winner. Wow. She has a new novel out. Well, as of the time of this bio, um, called To the Bright Edge of the World. Oh, it says it will be released August 2nd. I'm assuming that's this year, but maybe let's look, let's let's look that up while I continue on. Um, she also has essays and, sh- and short fiction. Um, her short fiction have appeared in London's Observer magazine, Sunday Times magazine, Sunday Express magazine, Women in Home magazine, the anthology Cold Flashes, the North Pacific Rim Literary Journal, Cirque, and Five Chapters, and the Alaska Magazine. Awesome. So two books. Wow. And some short stories and essays. What was the name of the book that was coming out? It's called The Bright Edge of the World. That actually came out in 2016. Well, she should update she her website. She absolutely <laughs> should. She absolutely should because there is also the last days in hunting camp. Which oh, I don't know what that is. That was in twenty fourteen. Oh, it's only twenty nine pages. It was okay. a short story. Short story. Yeah. So maybe just those two. It looks like she has a book on the horizon for okay. early next year. All right. Good to know. So we'll watch out for that. Yes, we sure will. Cool. Um, yeah, she's really fun. Oh, and in one of the things I read, which I think I looked up last time and maybe said something about it, but she does say her mother named her after a character in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, you did so mention that. So it was very purposely used from Lord of the Rings. So Yes. I'm excited to learn more about her, her writing process. We'll talk about that next week and then read her book in the next couple weeks. I'm so excited. Me too. All right, let's take a little break. We're back. We're so ready to talk books. So ready. Like, I don't even know what to tell you. I, I The the pile is long. <laughs> I had to pick and choose. What sure shall did. I share today? <laughs> yeah um where are you gonna start today sarah okay here we go i think i have a doozy um that i am going to recommend you not read oh i today i appreciate that as much as the ones to read because our tbr is so long i don't want to waste my time on when you should not read i know so thank you i will say it's an unpopular opinion oh so people are loving it people love it 
Okay. And it was like good writing. That's fine. But I was like, what is the point? Yeah. I felt like I just spent, it's a decently long book, 380 pages. Okay. And by the end, I was like, what was that? It and just like, never who is redeemed who? itself with anything. Right. Like, who is who? I didn't. Even, I couldn't even keep track of all the characters. There's so many characters. It's like a town. Yeah. Let me let me back up. The okay. name of this book that I'm recommending you not read. Yeah. <laughs> is the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Okay. And I have seen this book on so many yeah. lists. Yes. James McBride is a well-known author. He wrote The Deacon King, The Deacon King Kong, which I've also read. I wrote I read that in 2020. Um this and I gave it three stars. I remember not loving it was fine, the Deacon King Kong, but I gave it three stars. It uh-huh. wasn't like my favorite book right, ever. Right. Um I wanted to give this I in my heart it was like a two and a half stars. I rounded up to three. So if you find it on my Goodreads list, you're gonna see three and think, Oh, she thought it was okay. But I don't think you should read it. Maybe I should change it to a two. I didn't love this book. This is the story of a grocery store in like the 30s maybe um 40s I don't even know when the they set the stage I know it's pre World War II okay mm-hmm. okay and it's in like I got the feeling it was like upstate New York ish and it's this town where a lot of immigrants have come specifically Jewish people have come over here and immigrated and set up a community in a town and and they are living their lives in this neighborhood called they that's called Chicken Hill uh-huh. and you watch this Jewish community kind of start to lose their I don't even know like their Jewish traditions Mm -hmm. and because they're just becoming more American and they are there's most of them are are striving for bigger and better things and they end up most move away it's over a large span of time but one family stays and that's the owner of the heaven and earth grocery store and it's their interactions with the other people in the town because you know black people are moving in and they're kind of taking over chicken hill and the Jewish people feel like they're better than the black people, so they're going to move on to this other community where they're a little better. But the this couple that were never able to have children stay. Okay. And they run their grocery store, and they feel like money is the same no matter what hand hands it to them. And so they've been very welcoming to the black people and everything. Now, the wife... Well, it holds on very tightly to the Jewish traditions and her faith and, you know, what she was raised learning and knowing and has mm-hmm. as she studied as an adult. And she wants to be in on like, I don't know enough about Jewish, um, the way that they run their faith. And, but there seemed to be some sort of a, like, quorum or group of men, like high ranking Jewish men that would gather mm-hmm. and discuss things that were happening in the church and in the community and she wanted in on those discussions but she was a woman and couldn't so the get in most they would let her do is like sit on the other side of a curtain 
and she would listen and she would talk through the curtain but she wasn't like actually allowed to be a part of the group but it was so it was just how much she loved it okay and that part is great yeah i like that part like i love this one character Mm -hmm. but all of these things are happening and it's very hard to follow like with the water and the rundown houses and like their businesses like I could I could tell they were bad but I didn't know why or whatever there was lots of things it was super confusing the characters were coming and going Uh they would go away but then all of a sudden they were back again I couldn't understand wait I thought they left like it was so confusing and I could never figure out who I should be like really focusing on like, who is going to be important by the end of the book, right? Right. And who, um, and, and what exactly was, was I learning about? Like, what, is it just this town? Is it this family? Is it, like, what, who, where? Right. I had no idea. Right. Just random things would happen on each page. It was weird. Okay. I didn't yeah. love it. You were not. And I, I, like, kept thinking that I was missing something or that, like, oh, I just don't know yet. And then, and I will say, like, the end has, like, a big moment. And, like, things are a little bit wrapped up between a few of the characters, like, the main, the more talked about characters. Mm-hmm. But even that was, like, not fulfilling. It like, wasn't some enough. bad things happened. It didn't, like, rectify itself. I was, like, I mean, some of the things were, I was grateful happened, but... Some hard things happened that, like, just didn't feel like what. And I guess that's real life. I yeah. don't know. Huh. It was unsatisfying. I can, I can tell you were not. Yeah. But can I say how unpopular my opinion is? Yes. Tell us. 70, more than 72,000 people have rated this book. Mm-hmm. And it has a 4.18, re- like, general review. Interesting. I know. Most people love Most this people book. Most people love this book. But for on mine, when I look it up, the very top review is a two star. Really? That You know, it shows you three yeah. on Goodreads. Yeah. The top one is two and then followed by two fives. Interesting. I just didn't like it. And you don't have to like them. All of them. Maybe and you don't have to like what everyone can, else like, likes. read it and then talk to me and be like, no, this is what you missed. You missed this part. Yeah. This is what was so cool about it. That's why I want to talk about books with people. Because everybody, no two persons right? read the same book. Right? I'm like, I don't, like, yeah. I mean, there's racism and there's. Yeah. Against everyone, right? Jews, blacks, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell I'm you're trying to find something now. to be like. I want to like it. I want to because everyone else does. Right. Yes. It's just not there. That is exactly true. Okay. Fair. So. There's plenty. Please, if you loved it, don't hate me. Well, and if you loved it, let you know. send us a message. Tell us. Tell me what you loved about it. Tell us it. what it was. What hit you. Maybe I'll be like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. and Or I might say, hmm, I disagree, I but do. that's okay. But that's okay, too. Yeah. I like Perfect. Just tell me. Okay. Okay. My first one today is Hidden Potential, The Science of Achieving Greater Things by Adam Grant. This is, uh, if you follow Sharon Says So on Instagram, um, her book club, this was a book club pick for her. I don't even remember if it was this semester for her or last semester. It's current or last I don't even remember. Last? Last. Okay. But I just, well, 
I just read it not too long ago. So let's talk about our hidden potential. So kind of the basis of this book is um, we tend to, as a society, put successful pe- people or what we deem as success, because we've defined it as a society, sure. right? And we put these people on a pedestal. Look at what they've achieved. And this book kind of brings to light that it's not necessarily what they achieved, but how they got there. Hmm. So if you had someone who you've looked to as highly, highly successful, and they've made it here, they're up at the top of the mountain, they're the peak of their career or whatever they've achieved, they're at the peak. Maybe they started from halfway up the mountain or three quarters way up the mountain. So it didn't take them as much as maybe you started at the bottom of the mountain and you're not up all the way yet. You're maybe three-fourths of the way up. But how you got that three-fourths of the way up was way more work than the person who is at the peak based off of where they started from. Oh, that's interesting. So we start off in different places dependent on privilege, um, where we were born, what we have to work with, um, as far as our abilities and our intelligence and our desires, we're all in different places. And it might take someone to reach the peak way, way, way more work than somebody else. And so which then should we value more? And this book is saying we value the growth, the, the effort put into doing it. Wow. Um, and it, it uses a lot of different, um, scenarios different you know from the classroom the boardroom movie stars it's all over giving examples of of people who have done great things and the effort that they put in to doing those things cool i gave this book four stars awesome i really enjoyed it i went through it really quick and one thing um a quote i took from it that Actually, there are a ton of quotes from this book that I could plaster all over my mirror. Oh, so cool. And really feel, I'm starting my day off right if I were reading them. But one that I really liked said, when multiple people believe in you, it's probably time to believe them. Oh, I Because I think we that. tend to sit in imposter syndrome like, oh, that's not me. I could never do that. It's not me. Yeah. We don't see ourselves like those around us see us. Yeah. And if we can't see it, we need to be listening to them. Because we all have this potential for growth. I and love so, that so much. Anyway, I, should, I really liked it. It was really good for me right now um, to read. And he, he's a, he writes a good book. It's self-help, but it's intriguing. It's personalized. It, it feels real. Yeah. Um, so I love that so much. Thank I you. have it on hold. I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. I think you'll enjoy it. I want to hear about it when you do read it. Um, but again, it's the author's Adam Grant, Hidden Potential. And I, I've i talked about um, another book of his, Think Again. Oh, yeah. That I, re- I read back in like September. Oh, just so recently. So not very long ago. Okay. I haven't read and that one. I, I like that one too, but I've heard that Hidden Potential is like so good. So much better even. And that's a good book. And that's a good one. Well, that's, yeah, that's that what speaks heard. a lot because I I've really... have quite a few friends who've read And both. I'm kind of leery sometimes about self-help and this, yeah. you know, you just never know. Sure. This I could recommend to anyone. I think Aww, anybody I that. could take something from this. That's Lots of awesome. little nuggets. Awesome. Cool. 
Okay. Um, the next book I'm going to talk about is Humankind, A Hopeful History by Rutger Bregman, Elizabeth Manton, and Erica Moore. Now, Elizabeth Manton is a translator and Erica Moore is a translator. So the author is okay. Rutger Bregman. Okay. Um, this is a longer book. That would be my only downside. Is mm-hmm. is a little long winded. A little long okay. winded. This is a nonfiction about how good humans are. Like I don't I'm trying to think of like the right way to phrase it. I it's the idea that like we there's a lot of negative ideas about when you say oh we're all human like Uh that that goes to our flaws right well I'm human I'm not perfect I'm human I'm flawed I we hurt people like the human race there's not another race in the world that goes around killing itself right right yeah right and so there's a lot of negative feelings associated with just the idea of being human we have to fight that in ourselves it's like innate that we just are evil or bad or do harmful things. He is saying, actually, that's not true. We are innately good. We are innately like wanting to be helpful, wanting to have connections with other people, not hurt other people or sever connections. We long for um, peace and kindness and good things. And he... He goes back into like past historic studies that are like renowned, okay. like that we point to that prove things that we just know. I mean, look at these studies that prove uh-huh. it. And he debunks them. It's really quite wow. interesting. Now, one of them, for example, was um, just the U.S. jail system. And jail systems in general, I think they're very similar around the world. But... Specifically in the U.S., the way that we do our jail system, it's like right now we do not have a jail or a prison with the idea that we want to rehabilitate. We say we want to rehabilitate, but the way that we handle that incarceration and things is is not it. And the reason that they made the system the way that it is is based on a study. And in this study... Um, there's this one particular study, and he acted as if it was very well known. Well, I don't do a lot of prison research, so mm. it was new to me. Neither do I, so okay. Um, but he talks about how in this study, like, he put people volunteered to be the prisoners, people volunteered to be the guards, and it just showed that when you do that to people, the the findings of the study were that over a short amount of time really the guards became very violent and mean and abusive mm-hmm. and the inmates became like angry with each other thing you know factions formed and they would fight against the guards and it was really ugly and like some like some of the inmates like broke down and were like get me out of here i need to get out of here i can't stay in this conditions anymore and it was like so bad but that was just like the only way you could keep control was the if the guards treat him this way and just the way that these these things worked. What he found was that this researcher had tried this study multiple times and it had failed every time to get the results he was looking for. Okay. And so 
this time that it became very famous, he started telling the guards that they had to say certain things and act a certain way. So it was not legit. Right. It was skewed. And when he put the inmates into prison, he made them go in naked and like humiliated them and did all of these other things to put them in a position of bad. Now, in right. the first two studies, when those things weren't done, the inmates and the guards would sit down and talk and they would play cards and they would they became friends friends and maybe could learn from one another right and he said there was a time when they were going to try to change the system but fear won out and mm-hmm. they just put more money in and now it's one of our biggest money sucks in the Abs- nation yes and he said there is a country and i wish i could remember which one it was that has a different idea about reformation and they go to prison and they they do have to go to prison. But the last two years of your sentence, you are shipped to an island. On this island, the guards and the inmates live together. Well, you're not going anywhere. You're on an island. Right. You have to grow your own food. You know, you work together. You all are a community. You're dependent a upon one another. working community. And the guards so help smart. the inmates to prepare them for... Living Life. in their in the real world because their goal is that they want to release someone's neighbor. They're going to be someone's neighbor. And that's they who they are. want them to be is good contributing humans. Who do you want to live next door to? It's someone's neighbor. I All love of our, that viewpoint. Yeah, it was beautiful, actually. So that's one of the things. He has so many examples of where what's being told is actually not the same as what actually happened. And I won't spoil all of those things for you. But at first I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all want to, we're all nice, whatever. But by, as we started to get more and more into these different examples, I was completely sucked in. Yeah. It was so good. It was fascinating. And it made me rethink a lot of things. Like how much weight do I put into this study? How much do I know about it? You know, how much do I know about the person? Did they already have a preconceived idea of what they wanted to find right. out? Because they're their mani- they could be and, manipulating yeah. the situation to get the results they want. Well, and I think a lot of researchers know how to gear towards the results they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. That's, you know. And are they sharing all of the results or just the results they want you to hear? Because in another study, right, people weren't reacting the way that he wanted them to. And so... He just didn't share those ones, that part of the study. Right. It was like they didn't happen. It was super interesting. And and I walked away going like, you know what? All these people are just doing their best. They're good. They really are. Humans are good. And what is the problem is nobody wants to read about how boring and good everyone is. That's so boring. Right. But it's way more interesting to read these sensational crazy things that feel unbelievable. And it makes people money. And and the sad reality of that, that pe- people are good and they want good things and they want to help one another. Yes. And when they don't, these were once innocent children who had no other say in their life that has led to where they are now. A lot of the time. And that perpetual cycle continues and continues and continues. So when we talk about reform, we're talking about generations. Right. Right. If their you children that, and their children teach people how to be a good neighbor, teach people right. how to be a good member of a community, 
that's going to go to their children because they're going to pass that along. Right. I thought it was We're changing generations. Amazing, actually. Oh. It was amazing. I want he change. Does, I know. He does an example about a really non-traditional school experience. Uh-huh. And I was like, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. We're failing our kids. It we was are. the craziest, coolest story like you'd have to listen or read. Yes. But anyway, it's called Humankind by Rutger Bregman, and I gave it four stars. Fantastic. That sounds like a good one. It was really good. Okay. My next book today is, well, another Sharon recommendation from Ooh, Sharon Sesso. We love Sharon. Um, a Fever in the Heartland. I don't know if this was a book club it's, book. It is. Or it's if she time. just recommended. It's this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they just happen to have come Available. off my wait list right in a row. Sweet. Um, a Fever in the Heartland. The Ku Klux Klan's plot to take over America and the woman who stopped them by Timothy Egan. Crazy. Oh my mind blowing. What, what, what? <laughs> what? Ah! Okay. Sometimes I just want to continue to scream. Prison reform. Okay. This. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to each we're other? We're just stuck because we've made Our... these decisions without really knowing. And we're afraid of change. Right. So now that we're in it. And it costs so much money to change. And it's expensive. And yet we're, we're one stuck. of the wealthiest countries. I agree. We have the money for it. But okay. Where I'll get off it right there. Money? And I'll just talk about A Fever in the Heartland. So this is the re rebirth of the Ku Klux Klan. So it's not like back in Confederacy time when they first appear. But it's re- being revitalized in the 1920s about. And um, they... And I didn't... You know, when you hear about the Ku Klux Klan... I've always learned, and I've learned more in the last, you know, five years, but growing up in school or when I learned about it in history, it was an organization that was against blacks. Yes. No, they were against so much more. Really? They they hated blacks, Jews, Catholics, and immigrants. Oh. Catholics, immigrants, blacks, wow. Jews. That so, is so interesting. not just one group, a lot of groups. Wow. And they have different reasonings for all the different things. But the rise in the 20s is so crazy because it wasn't just men in these groups. Like you think of Ku Klux Klan being, yeah. you know, a group of men getting together, fighting for being what ridiculous. they believe. Being ridiculous. But it had... Um, there was the, it kind of came, it came, as it's growing up, there was this man, his name was D.C. Stevenson, who was, you know, it sounds like any cult leader, charismatic, people loved him, they flocked to him. His story changed towards whoever he was talking to mm. so that they felt that way towards him. Mm. So he is really like the one really, what is it? Coaxing the fire? Oh, yeah, you yeah. You know, whatever. Uh-huh. On this. It was not just men at this time. It was men, women. They had a children's group. Oh, my goodness. The judges in the town the or in the state, the lawyers, the governor. 
Wow. Everyone was a member. And it was a point of pride to be a member of this group. Wow. And it just makes no sense to me. They were talking about it like over the pulpit at their churches. Wow. It was so many people involved in this. That is crazy. So when you've got lawmakers and governors, you've got your preachers, everyone involved in this, how do you break that? Yeah. These people are doing all these, what we call now hate crimes, and getting away with it because the governors are part of their group. The judges are a part of their group. Oh my gosh. The schools who are run by teachers, principals, the moms going into the schools, these kids groups. It was so heavily doctrinated wow. in these people that How they could they almost they get away it? with anything. So that's what this book's all about. There was a woman who uh, she, you would think she had nothing or could do nothing. Her name was Madge Oberhalzer. Um, came along and I'm not going to say, I'm going to let you read it and discover Ooh. how she took the Ku Klux Klan down. What? A woman. What? A woman. I, I, I mean, we're talking about femininity, power wow. against one of the biggest hate groups of the time. Wow. It's a fantastic story. Great. I very, very good. Very much looking forward to it. I gave it four stars again, A Fever in the Heartland. Um, this came out in 2023, so it's fairly new. I have it on hold too. Gosh. Very well researched. You're just ahead of me and now I'm excited. So good. So Ooh. good. Yay. I mean, so awful. Right. I don't get me wrong. Right. This is an awful, hard, heavy topic mm -hmm. i learned so much from it and we're talking hidden potential yeah we've got some hidden potential here in this Aww. woman and um and how she goes about fighting for what she thinks is right wow i'm telling you that sharon's on to something really with these cool. books seriously i am excited yeah so awesome. there you go okay um, the last book I'm going to talk about today is The Leftover Woman. The Leftover Woman by Jean Kwok. Okay. Can I see the book cover on this one? Yes. I believe I not you've read this. other books by this lovely author, Girl in Translation, Searching oh. for Sylvie Lee. Yes. Um, she has written some good books. More that I haven't read, but lots and lots and okay. lots. She is a well-known author. I've also read Searching for Sylvie Lee and Girl in Translation, both. And I really liked both. I gave those both four stars, in case you wanted to know. Fantastic. Um, the Leftover Woman is this story. Now, Jean Kwok is Asian. I'm assuming Chinese because her stories all have a Chinese lead. Okay. Um, and that is the same with this one. This is the story of a woman in a small town of China. Okay. A village. I would even... Mm -hmm. A village of China um, who is born into a family as a twin. Okay. Um, to, a, to a brother. Now, boys are like blessed Prized in above China. All other. Yeah. Um, they aren't allowed to have more than one baby. It's a strict policy. 
which is why most girls are either left on the side of the road to die or dropped in orphanages and adopted by Americans a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. And I even think that has slowed down. And I don't even know if they, I don't know what the rules are now or how long ago. This felt very current. I will say that. This felt very current. This is a new book too. It came out um, just in October. So I don't know. But it did. It felt like it was happening right now. So if this is still the rules, it sure felt like it was a one baby policy. Um, She was able to live because she was a twin. Mm -hmm. And so you could have one birth one birth they got two babies out of with one, one birth. birth what a lucky but the lucky thing mother never treated her good she was she just took care of the household they just talked to her how useless she was how they you know because eventually girls get so like when they right. get married you have like you never go back to your own family right. you're now um, like taken into the other person's and, family and to their family this is just another house to feed where the son will bring back to the family. And he will work and He'll take work care of them. And, yeah. Yes. So, so they loved so it. So sad. Now, the one person who cared for... She had two people in her life that were good to mm-hmm. her. Her grandmother, who would dote on her and love her and just really was so sweet to her. And she loved her grandmother. And she had a best friend in the village. And they would run around together, best friends for forever. And they were always just friends. But things did start to shift, and it was different, but they didn't really talk about it, right? Because as you start to go through puberty. So there was Mm -hmm. that situation happening. Um, But ultimately, she is married off to a man who is, she's when she's 14, which is, was was very young. Even for China, like you, they wanted you to be 16 at the, Mm -hmm. at the earliest or 18, but they married her at 14, but it wasn't legal. So they didn't have a legal marriage, but they were married. She wore a ring and she was married in in name, but not, or I mean, maybe not in name or whatever. There was no legal marriage. Okay. But they were married, like traditionally. Okay. And... Um, she had lots of miscarriages because she's so young mm-hmm. and finally is able to carry a baby. And But when the baby is here, it dies and she's devastated and she can't quite recover from the loss of this child. And um, she starts to realize that her husband isn't great. And in the meantime, you're learning about this story in the past. You see that now she's come to America. Uh-huh. And she's trying to find work, but she didn't come here through the right channels, so it's kind of sketchy. She doesn't have good papers, so she can't get really a good job. And um, you find out, you watch her story from, like, China to America. Mm -hmm. Now, you're also learning about a totally different family, an American couple who are very wealthy, who were unable to have children. She is a book editor. He is a professor in chi- like Chinese studies and cultural studies at a at a school and they couldn't have babies but they adopted a Chinese daughter. Okay. And how they're raising as Americans and white Americans this Chinese, Chinese daughter girl. girl. Yeah. And um and and then how these two worlds, two stories, two different unique people intersect. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting. It was fun. It's a fun. It's fun in that it's so what is going to happen. Right. Right. I'm sure. 
it it was I sat here and go like how is this going to play out this is not going to be good mm-hmm. it's just the thought that continued to go my I really enjoyed the two different stories I enjoyed how they were tied together but there were some things that were happening to this American couple that felt crazy to me like this is not real like that this many like bad like hard thing hard thing hard thing hard thing just kept hitting them and it felt like unrealistic like that part to me was like whoa Mm -hmm. but all the other stuff felt very realistic and heartbreaking and heartbreaking for Mm -hmm. all involved I like don't want to spoil it I like want to talk about it oh my gosh yes I want to read it if I tell you anymore then I'm gonna start spoiling things so I need to stop okay it's so hard to stop I need to stop. She's got such an interesting story of how she got to America. Uh-huh. Um, why she wanted to be there. What happened to her family back in China. Let's talk about it. Okay. Please, please, please read, read. Please okay. read it. And I gave it three stars, mostly because I'm like, some of it felt like a little over the top. Like you're just trying to create problems that are like way unrealistic. Okay. To give them a problem. Right. That's how I felt about that. But otherwise, everything else was really good. Three stars. It's called The Leftover Woman. Excellent. Okay, my last one for today is Your Brain's Not Broken. (laughs) Strategies for Navigating Your Emotions and Life with ADHD by Tamara Razier. Awesome. Now, I went to an ADHD conference um, in December, end of November, December, and Tamara Razier is on the board for um it's, it's called chad uh for this adhd support group or group that put on this conference so i heard her speak and she is so charismatic enthusiastic she has adhd she has kids who have adhd and just being in the room with other people I have ADHD, by the way, if I've never mentioned that here before. I have ADHD. I've got a couple children who have ADHD. Um, I've never felt so seen. Oh, I love that. Just being around people who's, you know, when you have ADHD, you're in a world that does not function like your brain functions. And most of the time, it's just highly, highly frustrating to try yeah. to navigate and make your brain, which you can't, mm. uh, function in a neurotypical way. And it's not a neurotypical brain. It is literally mm-hmm. wired different. Mm-hmm. So hearing her talk and hearing her just be like, well, this is why we do that. And you can laugh about You know, mm-hmm. she was funny. You can mm-hmm. laugh about it. You could just be like, yep, that's me too. And um, <laughs> in a room of like-minded people, it was just... I'm sure it was wonderful. Gratifying. Yeah. Like I just felt like, okay, it's not just me. Yeah. I'm not in this struggle alone. Totally. And so when I left there, I got this book and read it. And it, again, I just feel seen. I don't feel so abnormal when I'm reading this or I'm, you know, amongst that. And so she writes this book about really what is ADHD? How does it affect your life? And there were so many things in here that I hadn't even realized. I'm 46 years old and I didn't, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that was ADHD. I just thought that was me, but 
it's kind of a reason why I do things the way I do things, which seem really strange to others without ADHD, right. how I do it. So she says in here, just different things like time management, organizational skills, forgetfulness, trouble completing tasks, mood swings, relationship problems. Guess what? Your brain's not broken. It just works different. That and is so, amazing. yeah, this book was like written so that you can understand why you think this way. And if you don't have ADHD, but you know someone, you live with someone, Tell you love someone. someone who doesn't know right. someone. This book is for you as well so that That's you understand amazing. why they do the things they do in the way because it is probably so frustrating to people without ADHD yeah. to raise a child with ADHD when you don't understand. It can come across as they're being rude or disrespectful when really it's they're just they are trying the best they can. Yeah. And they are constantly like in trouble because they're doing things wrong or they right. forgot this or did they did that. Read this book to know how to be their cheerleader. Because they need it. And so I loved this. I loved how it made me feel for myself. But also how I see my children with ADHD and how best to approach them, even though I've been at it for a while. And the students in my classroom. Because we have people all around us with ADHD. That sounds amazing. Whether they're 5 or 80. That sounds amazing. They all want to be loved and understood. And it's hard to understand someone who thinks differently than you so i love that so much your brain's not broken by tamara rossier four stars wow loved it i I mean there's a lot of adhd books out there this was really this was a good one awesome so that's what you need to know when you're looking for these kinds of books and as I read, I actually brought home a couple more with me from the conference. So as I read Even through those, better. I'll let you know which ones to read and which ones you don't shouldn't read. If <laughs> this is something that is interesting to you or I affects your life. I do feel like um, it's just a huge part of society now. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. I actually, I have a son with ADHD. I've had conversations with my pediatrician about it so often. Uh And he just thinks, you know, his insight was so helpful for me just thinking like, we live in such a high paced world now mm-hmm. where we are have a lot higher expectations at younger ages. We're expecting so much from ourselves, mm-hmm. even as adults, right? To accomplish, yeah. I got to do all the things all the time. And, and our brains, you know, are doing their best to, right. to keep up with that. And sometimes the brain goes that way. Right. right. To be able to juggle all the things that we're trying to do in our society now. And sometimes our brain goes over here and manages right. it this way. And because I'm like, we never heard about ADHD when we were young. Right. It wasn't near as prominent. Not that it wasn't, it wasn't there. It was clearly there. But yeah. not probably not to the scope is the way that my pediatrician talks about it. Mm-hmm. And the, we, the reason we're seeing such a larger scope is because we're pushing people to do so much more so much faster so much younger that they're standing out even more yes. that makes sense um and also I, we also know so much more about adhd yes. now my brother growing up had adhd 
Um, but he had the hyperactive ADHD. Now it used to be referred to as ADD and ADHD, and now it's just under the umbrella of um, ADHD. ADHD. But you have three different things. You have inattentive, where it really highly affects your executive functions. You've got hyperactive, where you're like ran like a motor. You mm-hmm. just literally can't sit still. And then you have a combination of both. Ah. And so it doesn't just, you know, in in the past when I've thought of ADHD, I never would have even put myself in that category because I'm not hyperactive. I could sit on the couch yes. for hours. Yeah. I can sit. Totally. No issues there. But my brain definitely works at a different pace. Yeah. It definitely goes about things very, very differently. Yeah. And um and with knowledge brings understanding yeah. and power and we can get those tools to help us navigate to life. This. That sounds so I good. really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you for listening today. Thank you. Thank we you. Thank you. We love being able to do this. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. If you've read any of these, like, let's talk about it. Please, please, please. Um, or if you have any recommendations for us, shoot them our way. We'd love to hear them and we'd love to hear from you. So our, you can also reach us through our email at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe. Share this with your friends. Leave us a review. It would be so helpful. We would love to read your reviews. Yeah. Now go get back to your book. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your book book club. club.